my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore your profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Carja Angel, intercede for me. Today's meditation, perhaps we can start with a, a parable that the Lord Jesus tells us, uh, recorded by in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 18. Uh, I'm referring to the Pharisee and the publican. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one of them a Pharisee, an expert in God's law, and the other a publican, which means a tax collector. Uh, tax collectors in those times were not well seen in society. They were like considered public sinner, corrupt officials, collaborators of the Roman Empire, traitors of the Jewish society. The Pharisee uh, started saying, by, uh, praying by saying, I thank you, Lord my God, because I am not like the rest of men, adulterers, liars. I pay my tithes, I do my tasks, I fulfill my duties, so on and so forth. The publican, on the other hand, he, he bowed down, he beat his breast and simply said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And this man, the publican, went home, reconciled with God. The other, the Pharisee, was not. And the conclusion of the parable, because God exalts the humble, but resists the proud. Deus resisted superbis, omnibus autem gratiam. Obviously, this uh, parable was mentioned by the Lord as an invitation for us to reflect on an all-important virtue, the virtue of humility. And conversely, to warn us against the, the greatest enemy of man, which is pride, the source of all moral disorders. That's what we consider in our afternoon prayer the virtue of humility, which in some way is an unpopular virtue. Unpopular, I'd say, because we live in a world that is uh, kind of um, who celebrate success. And uh, we want to be the first and to be on top, to, to win in a rat race, to excel to be acknowledged or applauded and so on and so forth, which to a certain extent is not bad, but what is wrong is the disordered self-excellence or the disordered self-love. And uh, the Lord God, Jesus, admires 
men of humility, men of women of humility, of humble heart. Whereas pride many times is the cause of division, quarrels. Pride makes us complicated. When a person tells lies, doesn't tell the truth, it is because he is afraid of the consequences of being honest. And so hiding my defects, hiding my limitations, uh, trying to be, to appear, uh, to portray an image that is not really mine, myself, that's a kind of a making an artificial self. And so it is a manifestation of kind of pride. It can be a manifestation of pride. And so we are creatures. We are humans and we do have certain limitations. In addition to our limitation as humans, we have personal limitations, personal limitations. The fact is, you know, even if uh, no matter how good we are in certain areas, it could be in math, in physics, in basketball, in ping pong, in writing, yeah, there's always someone better than us. What well, is not a reason to be sad? It's just that's the reality of things. Some weeks ago, I was celebrating a mass, and there was a lady who was very, very tall. And it's as a way that she had to stoop down for me to give the Holy Communion, no? So kind of, I realized how small I am. <laughs> what? But blessed be God, no? That's, uh, so what? <laughs> So what if I have defects, if I'm like this? So there's no need to compare ourselves with others. I mean, it, it helps to compare, but not those, not the kind of comparison that is self-defeating, a comparison that is uh, born of pride. And um, we are creatures. And so St. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, says that we carry these treasures in vessels of clay. That means that our qualities, our Christian vocation, all the talents that we have, all the good qualities we have, gifts of God. But somehow they are contained in a, a vessel of clay, something very fragile, prone to break apart. And so, and that's a kind of a, a, an analogy of the fragility of, of humans, our limitations, our insufficiency. Now, we're not trying to highlight the negative here, but to help us foster an attitude of humility, which is actually a virtue. It's a virtue. So, neither does it mean uh, ignoring our talents or trying to uh, trample on our self-esteem. No, that's not the point. Because in the gospel, we also find reference 
let your light shine among men. No one lights a lamp and put it under the bush, under the table. You are the light of the world. You are the soul of the earth. A light of the world that is meant to shine. And so all the talents that God gave us is meant to be used for the good of, for our good, the good of society, to serve others. But not in a way that is, that distorts the truth about our, ourselves. And so, truly humble. So, when we have that humility, you know, we become simple. We're not complicated or sensitive or like dwelling, thinking about, you know, uh, sometimes we are so kind of hard on ourselves, harsh on ourselves. Well, we make mistakes. Learn to forgive. Learn to forgive yourself as well. To learn from our mistakes. And as they say in Spanish, no pasa nada. Learn from it. And rectify. And so, there was years ago, in, uh, in the central headquarters of Opus Dei in Rome, a, a faithful of Opus Dei was driving for then the prelate was Bishop Alvaro del Portillo, Blessed Alvaro del Portillo. And so when he, when they arrived back home uh, in that place called Villa Tabere, so he was a little careless and so he hit the kind of Mercedes by the, I don't know, the garage, the door, I, he could hear the screech, you know, the, the scratch in the Mercedes. And so he was so kind of apologetic and, you know, like he was kind of upset with himself. So why did it happen? And so he told Don Alvaro, father, we call him father, I'm so sorry for this, you know, I, I should have been more careful. You know, Blessed Alvaro, a good man that he is forgiving, understanding, he said, don't worry, my son. You know, uh, he even said, you know, the architect should have made, you know, the gate wider. <laughs> but don't worry. So, I mean, we'll have it fixed as soon as possible. These things happen. Okay, thank you, Father. Like a, two hours or three hours later, they again cross path in, inside the building. And then this man said, you know, Father, I've been thinking about it. You know, I, I'm really sorry. You know, it's very expensive to, you know, uh, I, I could have slowed down and you know, thought, okay, I'm really, truly sorry for that. Oh, oh, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I already asked them to you know, call the repair shop and it's going to be fixed in a matter of days. No? So, okay, don't worry. Have peace. Okay, thank you. In the evening, they met again. <laughs> Father, this thing that happened, and then, Blessed Alvaro, cut him short. My son, if you are really bothered by what happened, it's because you are proud. You're proud. You're very proud. We make mistakes. We make mistakes. So, well, be more careful next time, but don't dwell on that. So, I mean, I'm saying that because sometimes, you know, desire to do things well, and, uh, and that's fine, excellence. We forget the fact that we make mistakes and that we have limitations. And it's good for our humility. It's good for our humility. Lord, help me, make me truly humble. Because as one author says, 
that unless a person is truly humble, he will not be able to acquire any other virtue. In other words, we may be hardworking, talented, smart, prayerful, and have many friends, chaste, you call it. But those are not real virtues. Those are semblance of virtues, appearance of virtues. Why? Because it lacks, they lack foundation, which is true humility. And uh, if you allow me to use that analogy, in New York, you see all over, uh, you find this high rise or like skyscraper rising, especially in the Hudson Yards. And the higher is the edifice, the deeper is the foundation that they dig. It's like an analogy of the virtue of humility. The loft, the more lofty is our goal, which is, you know, sanctity. We want, we want to be good. We want to be holy. And so the deeper is the foundation, the more humble we ought to be. And it has so many manifestations. Like, for example, uh, one clear manifestation is a sense of gratitude. A humble person is uh, quick to say thank you. Well, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for that help. First of all, thanking the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, for keeping me in grace. Thank you for my vocation. Thank you for uh, my family, my friends, my education. Thank you for my good health. Thank you in things big and small. Whereas a proud person uh, kind of uh, is not inclined to say thank you because he tends to take credit for everything that happens, every good thing that happens because of me. So that uh, a person who is self-centered uh, tends to dominate the conversations, interrupt others when they talk, and then uh, it has a, a, an abundance of personal pronouns. That's me, that's mine. It, it's, it's I, I, I did it. <laughs> uh, well, that could be self-centeredness. And so that's pride is the worst enemy of man. It is the first capital sins. And the Lord, however, Jesus Christ, is uh, very appreciative of, of humility, of a humble person. We say, humble and contrite heart, Lord, you will not despise. Some time ago, I read in the website of Opus Dei a nice kind of short article that says, you recall that scene when our Lord was crucified and next to him were two thieves. And one of them, the, the good thief, who we know very well his story because he made an act of humility, an act of contrition. When he was about to die, saying, Lord, remember me when you come into thy kingdom. And Jesus says, today I tell you, you shall be with me in paradise. So perhaps all his life he was like doing bad things. It was like, uh, stealing or, or his rubber, but then in one act of humility, true humility, an act of contrition, he won kind of eternity. And so the, the article says, 
he is a thief, but the best uh, thing that he has stolen is the heart of Christ. The best robbery is stealing the heart of Christ. Well, so we win. So being humble, being humble, again, doesn't mean timidity, but uh, ability to understand others, making room, like having a big heart, they're capable of forgiving, of understanding, of um, making allowances for the mistakes of others. A humble person also is willing to learn, willing to, 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 be, to learn new things. He doesn't seem, seem or like try to appear to be self-sufficient, but uh, attentive to listening, wanting to learn new things. And even when he is kind of corrected by a parents, a sibling, a friend, so while he doesn't kind of overreact, reaction of pride, but truly accept the fact that, well, I made a mistake. And so therefore, a humble person is, is ready to apologize, to apologize. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry for that. The distinctive act of humility consists in bowing down, to bow down toward the ground, that is the term humility, uh, inclinatus humus, like you know, inclined to, to the ground, to bow down. And uh, it is the truth, humility is the truth. And so therefore, all the good things that we receive from the Lord, thank you, Lord. I'm not trying to hide it. I, I make use of my talents to do good, to excel, but not for the sake of vanity, but thinking that all the good things that we have come from God. Non nobis domine, non nobis sed nomine tuo da gloria. Not unto us, Lord, not unto us, but unto your name. Give glory. And uh, and so, for example, uh, we go to confession. You know, that is a kind of a singular act of humility because for all our achievements, for all our talents, there we kneel down. We acknowledge before Christ, the minister of Christ, that we have sinned, that, I, I, that we have made a mistake. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. That's humility. And so it helps us to be sincere. So therefore, humility is an essential ingredient in every conversion. Conversion, authentic conversion. And so we grow. Therefore, that, that virtue helps us grow uh, as a person and grow as a Christian. And, uh, and therefore, that uh, we would be uh, disposed to receive more graces from God, emptying ourselves of those self-love, manifestation of self-love, and then allowing ourselves, allowing the grace of God to stream, to kind of, they say in Spanish, empapar, like to fill, to fill our hearts and souls with divine blessings. No? And uh, also rectifying when we realize that we have done something wrong. And not to get discouraged, get bogged down. If, uh, again, for some reasons, some occasions, uh, 
we, uh, we do not succeed in this and that. I mean, failures are not final. We learn from them. I was reading that the author of uh, the Harry Potter series, J.K. Uh, Rowling, so well, we know very well that that's uh, a kind of a very successful uh, book. I mean, um, but it didn't come overnight. The manuscript of the first book was rejected by 12 publishers before uh, Bloomsbury took it. And this is what she said regarding her quote-unquote failure. Failure meant a stripping away of the inessential. I stopped pretending to myself that I was anything other than what I was. And I began to direct all my energy into finishing the only work that mattered to me. Had I really succeeded at anything else, I might never have found the determination to succeed in the one arena I believe I truly belong. So, you know, sometimes our little setbacks, those are kind of wonderful lessons for us. We learn from them. If, if everything goes well in life, and in academics, in work, in your relationships, whatever, everything goes well, chances are we would be complacent. But thank you, Lord. Thank you for my limitations, in a sense. I mean, it's not that we celebrate negativity. But thank you for my limitations. I, I, I become more humble. And by the way, that's the virtue. Like all the virtues, we always can grow. I was saying, I don't know to whom, but a few days ago, I, I had a friend, well, a student whom I was trying to guide in a spiritual direction years ago when I was in Manila. Very smart guy, top of the class, major in math and physics, and um, popular, you know, well-known in the university, very funny. And so he came to my office one day, knocked on the door, could see from the glass, and I said, come in. And he said, Father, I have good news for you. Finally, I have become humble. <laughs> I said, that's pride. Don't say that. <laughs> so he was, we had a good laugh. But uh, uh, and he was laughing, you know, but uh, that was his particular kind of fight. No? So finally, I have become humble. Well, we can never say that. There's no point in time where we can say that I have finally become charitable, pure, humble, prayerful. No, always in crescendo, always growing and growing without getting anxious. But, you know, that's why we examine ourselves in the examination conscience. Reflecting in the presence of God, Lord, in what areas of my life can I grow? And, or perhaps uh, I would be, have greater sorrow and contrition if I truly examine myself with humility. Also, when you go to spiritual direction, like, you know, opening our heart to someone who is in a position to help us, a friend, someone with more experience, so then, that's humility, and willing to kind of listen, to learn, to acquire new, new insights and perspectives, and to be guided as well. You know? Because in some ways, we are blind. Uh, and so, well, that's, that's humility. 
And when we are humble, then we would have, it kind of prepares the ground for our piety, a prayer, life of prayer. Because proud people refuse to submit themselves to God. But a humble individual comes to the Lord kneeling down, asking for help, asking for blessing, asking for forgiveness, and giving thanks to God. There's a famous book by St. Augustine, De Civitatis Dei, The City of God. It says, two cities have been formed by two loves. The earthly city, founded by the lover of self, even to the contempt of God, and the heavenly city, founded by the love of God, even to the contempt of self. Here he makes a contraposition between self-love that kind of alienates man from God and the love of God that leads to self, um, self-forgetfulness, you know, loving the Lord. And so kind of we shift the center of gravity from myself, the ego, to, to the Lord God so that he becomes truly the center of my life. I go some via veritas et vita. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I said something like, uh, it may not be a very popular virtue, but I read some time ago a book, you might have read, a book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. And so he made a study of the corporate world, the, the CEOs and executives. It may, not, it may not appear like the case, but he said, one of the things I found is that among the qualities, like, you know, essential quality of a good leader is that they are humble individuals. So that if you kind of give them compliments saying that, hey, you did a very good job, wonderful, you are such a, an amazing uh, uh, CEO, you kind of pull it through. I said, no, well, it's... The fact is, uh, I'm gifted with a, a wonderful team. So he tried to diffuse the attention from, away from himself. Or he would say that, well, I came, I came into the company, I joined the team uh, at a time when the groundwork has been laid down so well by my predecessor. Or he would say that, well, somebody else could actually do what I did just as better, just as well, even better. Okay, so Jim Collins was saying that, that this is actually a quality of a, a good leader, being humble. Whereas the proud would say, oh yeah, of course, yeah, when I, before I came in, everybody, everything was a mess. But when I came in, I put order, you know, that's because I have a lot of experience. <laughs> that's the line of the proud person. I'm just trying to exaggerate a little bit. But we have that, no? So... Um, King David, who made a kind of a serious grave mistakes, uh, composed a prayer of some mystery. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, in your kindness, blood of my offense. Wash me more and more from my guilt. Cleanse me from my impurity. 
Against you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight I have done? I was conceived a sinner in the womb of my mother, a humble and contrite heart. Lord, you will not spurn or despise. And, um, well, examine ourselves because what I've been saying is uh, the typical struggle of the human being, human person. But of course, every individual has his, uh, each one of us have our own personal battles. And so examine myself, what are the manifestations? How can I grow in the virtue of, of humility? Now, it goes without saying that this virtue uh, hand, is hand in hand with the other virtue. I mean, it's not an isolated virtue. And so it goes hand in hand with chastity, with charity, with prayer life, piety, hard work, you know, but uh, humility is kind of important. While it is true that the most important virtue is charity, I say the foundation of this is humility, humility to be truly humble. And, um, and if you open the page of the gospel, if there's anything that the Lord Jesus dislikes, it's really pride, pride. So a spiritual writer says that the first thing that God uh, would kind of find, look into our life is how humble we are, how humility. Okay. And the second quality that he will try to find is humility. And the third is humility. <laughs> like how insisting on that. But again, putting it in the right context. No? is not like um, trying to uh, give up our rights. It doesn't mean uh, timidity. It doesn't mean uh, kind of uh, stepping kind of behind in, in everything. But it's Thomas Aquinas is that the right estimation of one's excellence and capacity. And to kind of channel everything, to redirect. Because there are many good things that we are able to do. We do have qualities and talents, that's for sure. There's no question about it. And so now it's a question of channeling them for the good of others, channeling them for the service of others, channeling them to God, because He is the source of everything good that we have, that we are. I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. So, well, that's... Uh, So, well, um, we conclude this uh, meditation turning to our Blessed Mother, as always, our prayer, you know, we put Our Lady there, and asking her to help us grow in the virtue of, of humility. It is a human virtue, but of course, with the infusion of God's grace and the Holy Spirit, you no, know, it helps us in our struggle for sanctity. Now. The Blessed Virgin Mary is the most exalted of all creatures. Closer to God, no one else except Our Lady. And yet, she is truly humble. And so when uh, she received the good news of her divine maternity, she kind of sang that canticle, like, Magnificat ana maya maya dominum. So my soul magnifies in the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowliness of his handmaid, and holy is his name. So Mary, the greatest of our lady, lies in her fidelity to God, but also grounded in humility. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations 
that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect, my Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.